When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Bro History. It's Henry Zamoda and Danny Abdeljabar, and this is episode number 200, my friend. Woo! I'm so fucking pumped. So pumped, dude. I hope you read all the breaking news because the information that we got is about to change everything. So what, you just want to jump right into it and skip the banter? Absolutely. The two-minute banter? Yeah, let's let's just get right into it. I think we need all the What is so important? What's so important? All right. So Britney Spears finally got her day in court and was allowed to speak candidly to the judge about her conservatorship. Right. So uh, the the story goes that on Tuesday, uh, June 22nd, uh, the New York Times had obtained these like court documents that proved that Britney had been asking the courts to end the conservatorship for a bunch of years and writes this really scathing article against like this, like, you know, mainstream recognition that she's like sick or unwell. Uh, and then the next day on, on that Wednesday, uh, her speech validated everything to the, the like hashtag free Britney campaign. Uh, basically, all they've been saying is correct. Uh, if you haven't listened to the audio for this, you honestly really have to. The way that she spoke was honestly coherent and thoughtful and, you know, with poison. Like, I think it eliminates, in my opinion, any suspicion that maybe she's unwell. It was just too coherent. Here, here's some of the main points of the speech for, for those of you who aren't going to actually listen. Uh, so basically, she's been held prisoner for 13 years against her will. Her family and the conservatorship has been keeping her hostage, claiming that she's unwell or like has dementia. Uh, but somehow, she's still able to do work, do tours, long hours, make money, and supports dozens of people who work for her and the conservatorship. Now, these managers of that conservatorship, including her dad, are making crazy amounts of money. She's extorted into ridiculously expensive treatments like a $60,000 per month rehab clinic. Uh, she's not allowed to access any of her money at all. Uh, she has a, U- uh, a IUD or like a, a birth control device implanted in her that she doesn't want. And she's restricted from getting married or having kids or having relationships, frankly. Uh, she's drugged as a retaliation. So she talked about this one specific time where... You know, she was uh, uh, doing practice and, and she didn't want to do a particular dance move in her set. And that disagreement led her to be put on lithium for months. Lith- lithi- like, like, stop. Lithium. Lithium. Lithium is a hardcore drug. It's fucking crazy. And if you take it for too long, you literally can lose your mind. It's a helpful drug for people who have like, you know. Who, yeah, for like short for like short-term treatments and for people who have serious like like mental illness, yeah, it's useful. But they were literally drugging her in retaliation for like with lithium, which is nuts. And and I think the worst part about all this is that she's not able to hire her own attorney. She was appointed one by her conservatorship, which is a fucking like that should be wrong. 
the conservatorship is the one that wants a keeper in the conservatorship. So they appoint her an attorney that's not going to be very fucking good at getting her out of it, you know? Um, so she wants her life back, you know, she wants her money back. And she said several times that she wants this conservatorship to end. And, you know, at the end of her speech, her attorney, who was appointed to her, still said that his client, Brittany, had never asked to end the conservatorship. So I don't know, somebody's lying here. And he says that ending it isn't a good idea. Uh, and what's super scary about all this, honestly, is that after that call ended, she just went back into that situation, into that abusive situation. So I can only imagine, like, the type of drugs or, like, uh, you know, retaliation that she's going to have to endure by, by, you know, coming clean about this. It's an abusive situation. It's honestly a crime. And all of these people are fucking corrupt. So uh, Rose McCallan, she I guess she contacted a Tucker Carlson show and she was like, hey, I have a very important announcement I have to make. Like, I need to get on this show. So mm -hmm. the producers were like, OK, yeah, come on. And they changed the show like they uh, changed the segment, restructured the show. And that's what she right. was talking about. She was talking, talking about, about the free Britney. Yeah, the free Britney movement. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because if you look back at her. That documentary that came out on yep. HBO, yeah, we talked Netflix, uh, or, something like that. I forget. Whatever, whatever. It might have been Hulu. Yeah, Hulu. Whatever. Um, there, listening to her talk when she was younger, like, yeah, she had her random, um, you know, uh, moments uh, that seemed pretty crazy, like when she shaved her head. But it's but, understandable but they in the context of being exactly. harassed, exactly, and being followed mm -hmm. and being portrayed as some you know, um, train wreck by the media 24 seven. Right. But when you hear her talk, when she's like 19, 20 years old, she seems completely normal. Like she doesn't, there's no like hint of any type of mental Nothing's, problem. There's not even no, like a crazy twinkle in someone nope. her, in her eye. You know that you, you get like, yep. You, get you can like kind of tell sometimes oh, with some people. Guy, yeah. Honestly, nothing has changed. Crazy. Nothing has changed. It like, if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, like go like Google it listen to the the actual tapes she like i think the worst thing she did in that entire thing was drop one f-bomb and it was tasteful in my opinion but like she was super coherent the entire time and she was making some valid points and it was honestly really fucking sad and like i know like i already believed the hashtag free britney like uh, i guess you know uh, movement i guess because you know at that point it was kind of a he said she said and she hadn't herself come out and said all these things but the fact that she has at this point basically removes any you know idea that it's a quote conspiracy like now it's like out you know uh and even the new york times uh obtaining those documents saying that she's been trying to end this thing forever you know uh adds some credibility to that claim so uh, you know it's it's a very sad situation man that is creepy the fact that they have a an iud to mm -hmm prevent as birth control now that mm -hmm. is just very very weird and very it's crazy. very intrusive it's, it's very total, intrusive total yeah incredibly intrusive like a total violation of right one's of, own like human rights you know like this is nuts like you know? she's being treated like a like a like an animal like cattle right right and you know the crazy part about it, i talked to my girlfriend about this a lot because she's like real big into it she's what got me into it and you know the thing that we always come to and the thing that she says a lot is like there are plenty of people who have mental illness who have all of their liberties you know like plenty like millions of people who have like severe mental illness that still have their liberties and for whatever reason even if like even if you wanted to say 
she has a mental illness there there should be no reason why we are like so severely removing all of her liberty all of it you know like there's there's no good reason you know that's that's a good point there's no there's no um and, and here's what i've seen um on the internet people who are um like boo hoo she's no makes you know she's worth 200 million dollars i don't know how she much can't touch any worth. of it i don't she i have no idea how much it. money britney spears is worth i'm assuming a it's lot a lot of money but yeah. they're like boo hoo why should i give a shit about some uh you know teen pop star who's worth hundreds of millions of dollars and i'm like well this is like a precedent like of of right. uh someone being taken hostage basically right and kind of used as a it's it's like a, a slavery a, it's like oh, a yeah, like a slave yeah. labor it, it is literally slave labor because first of all she can't touch any of her money right so yeah she's worth hundreds of millions of dollars probably and she can't touch a damn penny of it right like she has to ask if she can get a starbucks like fucking coffee like she doesn't have access to her credit cards or her debit card or anything she doesn't have access to any of that stuff and and so so she can't touch any of her money so there goes your boohoo you know out the window and then the second thing is that it's literally slave labor like they force her to do tours they force her to like play vegas shows they force her to like you know make music you know and apparently she's well enough to make all of the people in the conservatorship rich but she's not well enough to take care of her own self or to have any any kind of liberty it's it's the height of hypocrisy yeah it's crazy man well let's um let's let's move on to the actual topic the actual show and and this thank you for this, um, humoring me on the that. past <laughs> I, I think that deserved the rant right yeah um, yeah i think so <laughs> so we talked about this on the show a couple times already and, and i just want i needed to i needed to get that out yeah we need to have a, an epilogue to some of the other episodes we've done but i mean mm-hmm. it's been a crazy week um crazy month for news um in terms of like the stuff that we usually talk about um for one recently uh russia just fired warning shots at a at a british royal navy destroyer destroyer sailing through crimea so that's one thing we could talk about then the taliban is uh pretty much gobbling up afghanistan at uh lightning speed now right now they control like 42 percent of the country and um, they're surprised how fast the the Afghan government is crumbling. So there's that. Uh, we have John McAfee. Was he suicided or was he not suicided? I don't know. I don't he know. had a whole lot of synthetic cocaine. <laughs> I mean, he did say that if he died, he didn't commit. It wasn't me. Himself. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't yeah. me. Yeah. So I guess it does. It does at the very least deserve like hmm, raise some questions. Well, let's, yeah. let's let's see. Did he do? It? Did he do it? He said he didn't, wasn't going to kill himself. People are like, well, you know, he did that on purpose to, you know, make it a bigger deal when he did kill himself. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, John McAfee um, is nuts. Right. Not not to get back to Britney, but I'm actually very worried that she might try to suicide herself. Um, that or be, gets gets suicided, I should say, you know. If that because happens, honestly, then, these people could go to jail. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. Those the people running the conservatorship could straight up go to jail. If that happens, I mean, I feel like that's going to open up like a whole can of worms where people are going to be like, hmm, let's review every single person who could like famous person who is who committed suicide and let's right. review 
who hated them and what was the motive right. behind it. Like, right. let's go back to Anthony Bourdain. I know there's conspiracies right. about him and stuff like that. But all right, mm. we'll, we'll go way too off topic. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> um, then there's Iran's, uh, they have a new president. Um, right. Um, what, Ibrahim, Ibrahim Raisi. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. um, there's even the Israeli, new Israeli government with uh, Niftali Bennett we could talk about right. as prime minister. But we're not going to talk about any of that today. Nope. Because you, my friend, have this very, um, I don't want to say unhealthy obsession, but you have a uh, strong curiosity with aliens. That's right. <laughs> and you know, we've been talking about doing a show on aliens pretty much when we started the podcast. And, um, you know, this is, um, you know, this is, uh, I guess, stems from what your your love for the show Ancient Aliens and, and UFO <laughs> theories bit. and lizard people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I bit. like lizard. I like the lizard people uh, theory more. I'm, I, yeah. I gravitate towards that more. I think there might be more validity <laughs> to that. I think there's already proven. Um, or maybe it's the same. If you ever watched the movie V, it's an old, like, uh, I think 1970s TV miniseries called V for Victory. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. about these aliens that travel to Earth and, um, you know, they take the form of human beings. So, you know, there are all the aliens are actors, uh, Amer- you know, not American, but they're human actors, of, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but they are actually lizard people in disguise and they're aliens and they basically have taken control and set up like Earth as a global colony. And then you have the resistance and stuff like that and the collaborators. Interesting movie. Um, interesting t- uh, t- uh, miniseries. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Um, but now we have good reason to talk about it because the U.S. government, I guess, dropped the report on um, UAPs. Is that what it, what that's what they're they're calling it in the report? Un- unidentified what, aerial phenomena, right? That's correct. And mm-hmm. they dropped that yesterday. So we're recording Just this yesterday. on Saturday, the twenty seventh, I think, or twenty sixth. Not really 26. sure what day it is. Twenty six. Twenty six. And um, you know, we, we decided to record a little bit later than we usually do, so you know, we can get our hands on the documents. And- oh, I got the documents right here, Henry. And <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna let you lead this because you know far more than I do about this. I am just kind of like a skeptical, like, what these UFOs, where are we getting at with this? What are you saying? Aliens are here. And then mm-hmm. I immediately think of that meme of that guy with the crazy hair who's like, aliens. Yeah. Giorgio Sukalos is his or, name. Or and, I think yeah. of the guy from um, Independence Day. Which you know, one? The, the, like the drunk guy who... Oh, the redeems grand, the, himself the at the end. Yeah, yeah. Who, uh, who's the pilot? Who's like kids. Yeah, the pilot whose kids mm-hmm. are like disappointed in him, and then he smashes his ship as like a last act of revenge against the aliens that abducted yep. him. Yeah, that's such he's a like, point. I'm back. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then the guy and the son's finally proud of him. He's like, that's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> he's dead that's now, but dad. that's my dad. <laughs> that's my dad. <laughs> the whole because yeah. he's disappointed. I think that might have been Jack Black. No, I no, think, no I'm thinking Jack of Mars Black. Attacks. It was bad. a guy who plays um, Uncle, um, what's Uncle Eddie or Uncle Earl in uh, vaca- in the vacation movies? Right, 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 right. I, I forget right. his. Yeah, his right. I forget Uncle Earl. Whatever. Um, shitter fool. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> shitter yeah. fool. Um, but um, 
Yeah. Um, tell us about it. What's going on? What are these UFOs? What the fuck is, uh, what the fuck's going on? Okay. All right. So you remember that episode that we did a while back where we reviewed the coronavirus relief package and we talked like at length about where all that money was going? Yes. So what, what were like some of the, the, the funny things that we were talking about there? It was like, you know, a million dollars or something like that to like Pakistani like women's studies or something like that, you know? And like, I don't know, just like these random programs were all getting all that money. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, but all these stimulus bills, they've all had just crazy shit tucked inside that warranted their own bills at the very least. You know, right. money, money to different schools and colleges. And, you know, there is like an Amtrak. This wasn't that stimulus, I think. It was a stimulus under Trump. Um mm -hmm. Back, I think the April stimulus or March, the, the you know the one in the summer of last year, um, there right. was like this Amtrak, like billions of dollars in it for for Amtrak tucked in there, mm -hmm. and then j there were just a lot of things that had nothing to do with like uh, Corona relief, <laughs> you know. They yeah. were like, but yeah, you know, they're they're they tuck in a lot of Congress critters. They try try to tuck in as much uh, uh, as many things in these bills as possible. Well. That's exactly the point that I want to make here, because one of the crazy things that they stuck in one of these bills is is what we're going to talk about today. So back in December uh, 2020, uh, Congress passed that 2.3 million uh, billion, I should say, 2.3 billion dollar omnibus spending and coronavirus relief package. And obviously it wasn't as big as the first one, but the interesting piece of language uh, ended up in in some commentary that was attached to the bill that got signed into law. Uh, and not a lot of people notice it until like very recently because there have been a, like a crazy news flurries about it um, coming out. And basically what it was was that there was a stipulation in it that was requiring uh, the Department of Defense and the Office of the Director of National Intelligence to deliver uh, an unclassified report on UFOs to Congress within six months. And so it basically said that the report had to include a, quote, detailed analysis of the unidentified aerial phenomenon data and intelligence that was collected um, by the Office of the Naval Intelligence, the FBI, and the, uh, the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, among many others. So there's so something terms. called the, the UAP Task Force? Yeah, so it's, it's the UAPT, the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force. And that's the program that the Department of Defense created last summer to basically like set up, you know, detection, analyzation, and like cataloging of all these sightings and and reports um, to figure out if if any of this poses a threat on. And, and they're not security. like a bunch of. It's not a bunch of nutters who are no. like no no no. Oh man, aliens are coming! You know, they're not like Let's no. We're they're, we're talking about like we're talking about like fighter pilots that like yeah. happen to notice something that looks off on a radar, you know, and then or okay. like a radar operator will see something crazy and and they set up like structures on how how do we report on it, what information do you have to give, and like where does it go, and like how does it classify things like that. So so just, it's not Men in Black. It's it's uh, no okay no no no. It's just data collection. Um, uh, and then the the other thing that you pointed this out UAPs, so unidentified aerial phenomena, is the new like fancy term that the government is using to just basically describe UFOs. Now, for, for the remainder of this podcast, I'm just going to say UFO because I like it better. Um, but what the important part about it is, is that um, they changed the word object in UFO, unidentified flying object, to phenomenon, 
which basically allows them to lump in things like technical glitches of radar or like targeting systems or like strange weather shit, you know, alongside physical things like maybe secret weapons technology or aliens, <laughs> you know, so they're able to UAP is a is a bit of a broader term, right? So it's like more it allows for more things under its umbrella. That makes yeah, sense. Well, I think that makes sense, but that also sounds appropriate because a lot of the mm-hmm. Didn't they discover that a lot of the things that they think are objects are just like weird weather patterns or, you know, mm, let's get to the report first before you, okay. before you make any assumptions on All it. Right. But, um, All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm totally speaking in assumptions. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, uh, I've come with practically no knowledge, but w- why did Congress ask for this bill exactly? So, um, I mean, this is pretty interesting. Let's let's actually read the act. Um, it's short, I promise. It, it was actually put together by Marco Rubio, who at the time was the chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee, and he's actually from for once, planet. Yeah, he's probably one of the aliens. Um, so for once, I actually agree with Marco Rubio on something, which makes me feel a little weird. But um, we're we're like almost totally aligned on this particular issue. Uh, so the the um the. Um, particular commentary is called the Intelligence Authorization Act for fiscal year 2021, and it's fucking boring, and I read it all, uh, but there's like just a, a subsection in there um, that specifically talks about this, and it's the, uh, so it starts off saying, um, the committee supports the efforts of the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force at the Office of the Naval Intelligence to standardize collection and reporting on unidentified aerial phenomenon, any links they have to adversarial foreign governments, and the threat they pose to the U.S. military assets and installations. However, the committee remains concerned that, and this is the important part, that there is no unified comprehensive process within the federal government for collecting and analyzing intelligence on unidentified aerial phenomenon, despite the potential threat. The committee understands that the relevant intelligence may be sensitive. Nevertheless, the committee finds that the information sharing and coordination across the intelligence community has been inconsistent and this issue has lacked attention from senior leaders okay so let me stop there for a second aliens aside um i think this is the real issue here that has like normies like marco rubio uh and and people like him worried and honestly they're totally right like the fact that there are i should say if in fact there are physical things flying around our airspace with impunity like without us being able to detect them in most cases or stop them at all. Yeah, I think we should at least want to understand what it is. And I think that's a totally reasonable like concern. And that's that's what people like Marco Rubio were, were gearing this whole request for. And it's troubling because be- between our government's policy of like absolute secrecy on, on UFOs and, you know, politicians like, I don't know, inability to not like crack a smile or get like hyper judgy, when the topic of UFOs comes up, I think there's a serious chance for us to get caught with like our pants down here, you know, like what, what if, what if, you know, these things are hostile in any way and we just refused to, you know, pay attention to it because it's, oh, it's, it's UFOs are stupid, you know, like that's not real, you know, go back to ancient aliens, you know, like it's, it's just, I, I kind of I have that attitude to be completely yeah. honest. It sounds like, huh, let's just fucking say that, you know, Russia has some advanced, super jet that you know it's they have technology that they somehow developed 
well, that surpasses you know, our own, and we need to, you know, make another one point five yeah. trillion dollar plane to combat <laughs> that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean that that's uh, we'll get to that in a bit, but yeah, I mean I think that's definitely one of the plans, but. You know, I, I just think that the fact that we don't have like a straightforward plan on how to collect the information, let alone like deal with it, is kind of nuts, right? Um, all right, so let, let me read on. So it says, therefore, the committee directs the DNI in consultation with the Secretary of Defense and uh, the heads of such other agencies as the Director of Secretary, Director and Secretary jointly considered relevant uh, to submit a report within 180 days of the enactment of the act. It goes on for a little bit, but um, basically this is the part where it has a, had everybody work, uh, like all worked up uh, about the report coming out. This is why you probably saw like a million articles about it uh, leading up to Friday. And the bill was enacted on the 28th of December, if I'm remember, remembering correctly, which is 180 days from June 25th. So yesterday, Saturday, June, uh, Friday, June 25th was 180 days. So I'm actually personally surprised that it, that they went through with it because, you know, the, even though they waited like pretty much to the very last minute, like it was a college term paper or something like that. So I thought it was signed into law that they had to release this report. Mm, I mean, technically they were, but uh, I, I should say technically they weren't bound by law to release anything um, because this... Um, what I what I'm reading here is additional commentary on the bill, not the bill itself. But oftentimes, like government agencies comply with these types of requests um, in in this type of report, as if they were law, right? But they certainly don't have to, uh, which which makes me kind of surprised that it, that they actually went through with it. Um. Anyway, so so uh, uh, reading about what they were asking for, so it was more of like a suggestion than rather than like a law. Well. It was so again. I think it's common practice in these types of commentaries that these committees will like make requests of government agencies to provide okay. reports and things like that, right? And like while they don't, while those agencies don't technically have to comply, they just do anyway. You know? Okay, gotcha. So more of a request than like it's than a demand. Right. Okay. Exactly. Um, so, so here's, here's what they asked for. So the, it says the committee uh, further directs the report to include one, a detailed analysis of unidentified aerial phenomena data and intelligence reported collected by the head of office naval intelligence, including data uh, and intelligence reporting by the unidentified aerial phenomena task force. By the way, this is super hard to read because it's like very like it's written in Congress. Um, oh, so this is a super important part Two, uh, a detailed analysis of unidentified phenomena data collected by a geospatial intelligence b signals intelligence c human intelligence and d measuring and uh measurement and signals intelligence okay this is a little bit uh wordy but th this is the part that specifically calls out the fact that there are many methods that we've been collecting um data on and ask for a detailed analysis to include uh all the types of data points that we have uh, so basically, this puts some meat on the bones, right? So I know folks like you might tend to think that, you know, the UFO thing is just like a you know handful of kooks that saw something outside and maybe they're just smoking crack or something. But this isn't just like a handful of eyewitness reports. It's it's data that was collected from a number of methods from, honestly, people that are extremely well-trained. Um, but it also, uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword, though, because it opens up the data to a whole lot more scrutiny. And it gives the intelligence community a bit of an out to delay any concrete findings because, you know, when you're dealing with things like radar and 
you know, uh, other very sophisticated measurement systems, like you're going to want to check to make sure that all the gadgets and gizmos are working, uh, like as they intended first, and then afterwards try to explain what they learned, right? Because the first thing they're going to ask is like, well, you know, okay, so you found it on, on radar. Was the radar broken? When was the last time you serviced the radar? You know, what kind of interference might have the radar encountered in that time? What was the weather like? You know, like they'll, they'll have to ask a million questions before they can give you any answers on what they found. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Um, so I guess what I hear other skeptics saying is like, well, you know, a lot of this is just, isn't a lot of this, um, this these uh, radars um, signals intercepted or are discovered by like the U.S. Navy who has a, um, a reason to you know, put this information out there, like, hey, like, there's all this stuff that we have no, we have no idea, um, you know, what it is. Like, don't we need to get a budget to find out what this is, and you know, com- make something, make some a tool that can combat it if it's a hostile object or. Well, yeah, I, I think you're 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 vehicle. on to you're basic you're basically picking up what what is about to be said. So I'll skip ahead a little bit. Um, so number six says. Ident- um, identification of potential aerospace or other threats um, by the in, uh, UAPT to national security and assessments of whether this unidentified aerial phenomena activity may be attributed to one or more foreign adversaries. So there's that. And then later on, uh, it says recommendations. So this is the last point there. Recommendations regarding uh, increased collection and data, enhanced research and development, and as you pointed out, additional funding and other resources. Uh, so yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head there, dude. So basically they're saying, figure out if it's a threat, figure out if it's, you know, Russia, let's put more money into it. <laughs> you know, uh, let's spend more money about it, which is hilarious. You know, so I swear, I, I remember there was, um, I think in the 50s and the 60s, there was, um, the CIA w- was like covering up, they were kind of making, I, I don't really know the story, so I'm paraphrasing this, and um, I might be getting this wrong, but... Um. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill, FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. The CIA was um, kind of letting this information, this UFO information, get out there because they didn't want um, people to know about their own technology, like their right. own I like, mean, spy like, planes. So they're like, we yeah, don't want to actually disclose or de- declassify that we have these these um, these planes, like the 
the um what were the big flights the sr-71 blackbird things like that yeah yeah things like that Mm -hmm. so they were like yeah well maybe they are aliens (laughs) well we don't know what they are who knows what they are (laughs) yeah it's like so they were kind of lying yeah Mm -hmm. to cover up some of the spy spying technology that we had Totally, totally, totally. And 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 this, this is actually the last sentence of the of the thing. And I think it's a total bummer for people like me who are hoping to get like alien disclosure out of this. The last part of it says the literally last sentence: This report shall be submitted in unclassified form, woo, but may include a classified annex. So I was like, fuck, <laughs> you know, like um, they're basically going to tell us something, but they're not going to tell us everything. And so I think probably any of the bits that have to do with like you know, maybe like some special technology that we have will be included in a classified annex uh, that we won't get to see unless, fingers crossed, somebody leaks it. Come on, please. (laughs) Um, But yeah. You know, it's interesting. I feel like every single, well, I don't think it was Trump did this, but I know Obama said he did this. The first, and I think Clinton did it too. It's usually the Democrats who are more interested in this for some reason. Um, It might be... Well, we can just kind of speculate what the reasons are, but Obama said, you know, one of the first things I did when I got into the White House, I said, hey, where do you keep the aliens? Right. Um, can I get a tour? <laughs> can I get a tour? Yeah. Can you show me the secret aliens? And right. Then, <laughs> and they and, told him know, no. I, like, well, I didn't get anything, but, you know, there are things on radar systems that we just can't explain. Hmm, right. Many folks. Um, right. And I think Clinton did the same thing. I think Clinton was, yeah. real, was real into it as well. Um, I think Trump didn't give a shit. Every, yeah. every, um, it, it literally every president, uh, since I think it was, um, uh, every, every president since, uh, Obama minimum, uh, has shown an open interest, but definitely also Clinton and maybe George Bush. I didn't, I didn't find any specific ones on, on him, uh, asking about the aliens, but he was kind of a dumbass. So, you know, no, no curiosity. <laughs> so something I've heard. So I was listening to. I sent this podcast over to you um, by mm. Radio War Nerd. Yeah, and they did a podcast. Radio War Nerd is a really good podcast um, that does the same type of subjects that we do. Um, mm-hmm. I would encourage you to listen to that one. But they did, did one on uh, UFO and Pentagon stuff like that, and they were saying that um, there's kind of two classes in the. This is kind of like an over oversimplification of what they were saying, but the more Republican aligned generals um, or people in the Pentagon are um, less likely to, you know, care about this UFO stuff or or thinking about aliens because mm-hmm. they say they were saying it's like a rejection, you know, kind of undercuts maybe their religious views, right? And things totally. like that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then the more. Dem- the Democrats are, or the ones more aligned with the liberal Democrat party are, are more inclined to be interested in that stuff. Um, but a guy who I know who's really instrumental in Washington, who's like a really big UFO nerd is John Podesta. Yep. John yep. Podesta yep. is a super big nerd when it comes to like UFO stuff. And I know he pushes really hard for it. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe he is an alien, you know what I mean? I mean, maybe. I certainly would believe it if you're like, Hey, this is one of the lizard people from V. I'd be like, oh yeah, that that makes Podesta. sense. Well, that kind of lines up with the whole PizzaGate thing too. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but he, I know he had um, like a an, an X Files themed like fiftieth birthday. Really? Or he had an X Files themed birthday. I'm not sure. I think it was his fiftieth. I'm not sure exactly. You know um, who else was really big into it? Harry Reid. And and yeah, but like Harry not, Reed. not like a nerd, but like he 
he definitely he created a tip which is the advanced uh what is it called advanced aerial threat identification program which had been running from like since 2008 or something like that till you know, like very recently when they shut it down uh that was another one of those um like programs that we weren't um privy to that we were spending mad money on um well another thing that they were saying on this podcast and man the guest they had on was real smart um man i forget his name um, he writes for, I think, The New Yorker. It's Matt something. I'll, I'll think of it before the end of this podcast or I'll pull it up. But they were talking about how um, the CIA was, like, leaking um, information to, like, people that, like, back in, like, the 60s, they were, like, leaking information to people who they wanted to, like, make go crazy. Like, people they mm. knew that would kind of be, like, stimulated by this so they can kind right. of discredit them. They would them. go down the, like, rabbit hole about it. So they would like mm-hmm. literally like be like, oh, this guy's kind of into this this stuff. He's kind of crazy. Let's fuck with him and like leak mm-hmm. some shit out to him, and you know maybe he'll kill himself. Right. You know it's they were talking right. about that type of stuff. Um, I, I'm it's, a, it's called um listen to Radio War Nerd. It's a, it's very it's a very good show. Um, I'll, maybe I'll I'll try to find a title of that and and put it in uh, before we end this episode. Um, all right, but let's go back. But. So the report, it comes out, it didn't say mm-hmm. anything about aliens or fly, flying saucers. So I guess why is this war? Why does this warrant any um, attention? Okay, so the, the report did drop. And yeah, spoiler alert, there wasn't anything about aliens. But it did say some very interesting stuff that I think has major, major implications. I, I just think it, it was written in such a way that the importance of what has been directly stated by the U.S. government can get lost on a lot of people. So for some context, this report is nine pages total. And the last two pages are just appendixes that like define some terms and like restate the request. I'm glad it was only seven pages, actually, because I stayed up super late in front of my computer on a Friday, like a total nerd for you guys, just putting together the notes for the show. And, you know, if it had been like 300 pages, I think I might have lost my mind. It would have been nuts. Um... We're not going to read the whole damn thing, uh, the whole nine pages, though, it would take too long. Um, so the main takeaways of the report, um, basically, it starts out talking about the report itself. So it was like, you know, how it was put together, what its goals were, what the what agencies were involved. And the main one that you want to know about is that UAPTF, uh, UAPTF which we talked about, right? Uh, the UFO hunters. Um, Agent, and, Agent Scully and Mulder. <laughs> yeah, basically, right. Uh but, but the report actually draws on, on on data from like 19 different agencies. I literally counted them. Uh, so you have things like your favorite acronyms like FBI, NSA, DARPA, FAA. You also get like military branches, Air Force, Navy, Army, etc. cetera. Uh, and also some new ones that I just learned about recently like the ODNI or the NIM, Emerging and Disruptive Technology. I have no idea what the fuck it is. Apparently it's an agency uh, that like looks at technology (laughs) so they're getting it from a bunch of like different places and from a lot of you know fancy pants big brain people uh and obviously there's a bunch of challenges uh in collecting ufo data you know catching them is super hard Uh, so the report talks about how while they do use a lot of sensors and the and the sensors that they use to gather this data are generally really good they're not perfect that and that there was also like a limited number of high quality Uh, reporting on ufos and i'm not talking about like grainy footage from a targeting camera i'm talking about like for the the fact that for a long time there weren't like standards on how to report ufo sightings in the military 
I think that part is probably technically correct. Like the exact standards were not in place, but honestly, they've been report. There've been reports on UFOs from highly trained airmen and radar operators for like decades and decades, even before this like report starts looking at the data. But basically the report says, Hey, we started looking at, you know, reports from 2004 to today because apparently the data was better. Uh, and I personally think that this is a sneaky way not to give us the goods uh, about like Roswell or like Area 51 and shit. Um, but I'll hold the conspiracies to the end of the show. Um, what's uh, m- very stunning, and I think this is the this is the thing that you're probably trying to get me to get at, uh, is is the well. Let me stop you. Let me stop you real make. quick before you read this. Okay. What hap- Whatever happened to the storm the alien thing at area 51 oh yeah we're gonna naruto run yeah it never happened well i mean it happened but like nothing happened like they realized they they had like a million people they went to uh, the capital instead they decided to stage it there (laughs) yeah right like they're more they switched plans i mean it it tells you more they got more into pedophile cults yeah (laughs) i guess just that conspiracy like um uh community is just bigger and, and bolder you know than the alien conspiracy theory community um, well, no, it's wait. funny. It's funny going back. I keep on referencing this podcast, but it was really interesting um, that they were saying that the right wing um, conspiracy because there's like a left wing conspiracy movement right. and a right wing conspiracy movement. Just a, mm-hmm. in general terms, I know that's t- not that's not a totally accurate term. I'm just painting with a super know. broad brush, but I get yeah, what you're saying. Um, yeah, and the right and the right wing uh, conspiracy movement went more into like. Clinton crime body count and like mm-hmm. um, pedophile mm-hmm. rings and stuff like that mm-hmm. and um, you know maybe the, there the is there of, is some considerable but there is crossover. truth to that there there's well, definitely truth there's some that. considerable crossover between left and right wing conspiracies and and yeah. honestly a lot of them crossover in aliens that's that's, that's kind of funny that's, that's yeah, interesting though yeah a lot I, of them I, I always do aliens. imagine like the the you know kind of like the crazy left wingers are mm-hmm. um or like the like the the people are always abducted by uh by or say they're abducted by aliens will always seem to be like these kind of crazy hippies who wonder no, dude a lot of like woods. random like very conservative farmers and shit will be like abducted oh, yeah that's true and, and that'll like throw throw off the loop it the, the alien thing i think crosses a lot of political boundaries because just aliens are aliens yeah, um, I think I think you're I think you're right about that. I think I just thought it was an interesting point that I or an interesting um, observation. Um, if it it may not it's, be true it's just, or not, it's just the conclu- just, it's the conclusions that they yeah. draw about aliens are different, right? Yeah. So like where a right winger might think that you know aliens alien lizard people are drinking the blood of fucking children to you know, like enhance themselves. You know the the left wingers will think something totally different, but they both agree that aliens are a thing. <laughs> you know, I tend to think uh, that so, they're they're coming out of the ground, like like you no know, crab people. Yeah, well, like crab hollow earth theories. People, yeah, crab. Mm-hmm. All right, let me let me get back to this thing because like this, this is this we're getting way off track. Like you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ever, you ever see the South Park? Crab no. <laughs> people, crab people walk like crab, talk like human. Um, I summon at least one person will get that reference. <laughs> All right, let, let's get back to the thing. So th- this is the the crazy admission I think that comes out of this report. Um, it says, and I'm quoting here: most of the UAP reported probably do represent physical objects, given that a majority of UAP were registered across multiple sensors to include radar, infrared, electro optical weapon seekers, and visual observation. Why is this important? So this means that it's not like swamp gas or sensor issues. 
the fact that most of these reports are probably physical things raises some huge questions. Now, it does come with some disclaimers, so to be fair, I'll also read that part. Uh, in a limited number of incidents, UAP reportedly appeared to exhibit unusual flight characteristics. These observations could be the result of sensor errors, spoofing, or observer misinterpretation and require additional rigorous analysis. Analysis. Uh, so, okay. On the on the one hand, they have to they admit that there's definitely something to this. That you know, there's there's something there, uh, but they also admit that there's some weird shit that they need to look into more. Is this is this um, where you know the Navy pilots come in and are like, yeah, like this thing was doing things that like that go beyond our our knowledge yeah, of wanna, physics. Yes, I want to talk about that later though. Uh, okay. There's more stuff in in this report that I think is super important before we could get to there. All right. So, um, does the report actually come to any concrete conclusions about what UFOs are? Yes, uh, but it sucks. So here, here's a here's a line. Uh, we were able to identify one reported UAP with high confidence. In that case, we identified the object as a large deflating balloon. The others remain unexplained. <laughs> Congrats. It took them six months to figure out the UFO was a balloon. So um, like a balloon from like a child's birthday party or like, a, you know, a blimp uh, that's taking pictures of the Super Bowl. I don't know. Like a, they, they literally, <laughs> like, they literally did balloon. not specify. It was a They didn't specify. So, you know, it could be anything. It could be a weather balloon. It could be a, I don't know, fucking kid. I could totally, balloon. I could totally see like, you know, a conspiracy where like all right um we're gonna take some balloons from uh tommy's fourth birthday party and then we're gonna fly and throw them in the wind throw them in the wind and then the pentagon and then you know come up come up on some radar system and then you know that will be brought to congress like we've uh found some uh something um very troubling very unusual radar systems uh very unusual mm -hmm. flight <laughs> patterns and the, the uh, physics involved uh we're gonna need right. an additional funding of uh 100 billion $10 trillion dollars of yeah. <laughs> $10 trillion to upgrade our radar systems to understand what these flight patterns are. Uh, maybe oh, it was a balloon. To, we'll have to make some type of uh, new aircraft that will be able to combat these things because we don't know where they're from. They could be from our adversaries like China and Russia uh, or even right. new adversaries such as uh, uh, Planet Votar. Uh, see, Planet Votar. Um, we have firm conclusions that fam Planet Votar um is uh you know they have uh weapons of mass destruction uh underneath uh their uh dictator's palace <laughs> like... <laughs> all right look here's the thing they 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 might not have directly said that like hey okay there's aliens and shit but they do make some assumptions about the types of explanations that they might land on if they do more research and it's actually kind of interesting to see where their head is at for these reports so here's one part uh if and when individual UAP incidents are resolved, they will fall into one of five potential explanatory categories. So they go on to describe some some categories. So I'll I'll paraphrase them. So the first one is uh, airborne clutter. So uh, they imagine that they're probably going to say some number of these are going to be like birds or balloons uh, or or drones. You know, like you know people's like DJI phantoms flying around the sky. Um, 
or like airborne debris. They they made a they made a lot of like hoopla about plastic bags apparently, <laughs> and how they could like muddle the scene. It's coming right uh, at us. <laughs> plastic bags. Plastic bags are straight. Right <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So the uh, the second category is natural atmospheric phenomena. Uh, so things like you know fucking swamp gas, <laughs> uh, ice crystals, moisture, thermal fluctuations. So like if if something if the temperature dips really hard, well, I, the, I mean I'm pretty sure that's a move in Final Fantasy, right? Ice crystals isn't that like a spell? Well, you know the Russians are developing <laughs> ice crystals. Blizzaga. They're, they're finding a <laughs> yeah. way to make that cost less MP than they normally do. <laughs> so we're gonna have to develop a uh, shell. A fire spark. <laughs> fire. <laughs> Fire spell. Fireaga. Uh, okay. Uh, there's another one. So uh, uh, U.S. government or indus- industry development programs. So obviously this is the this is the bits that we'll never hear about because it's going to be classified. So we're talking about things like uh, classified programs by uh, U.S. entities like a Lockheed Martin program or like a new plane or something random that we have that we can't talk about. They also said... And I quote, we were unable to confirm, however, that these systems accounted for any of the UAP reports collected. So I'm not sure if that reads as like, we're unable to confirm or deny that these are that, or if they literally could not confirm uh, that any of them were ours. I'm I'm not sure which is true about that particular statement. It's written weird. Um, And the uh, last two here, there's foreign adversary systems. So this is the one that's going to get a lot of people, a lot of media attention, especially like, you know, CNN's going to be like, oh, uh, Russia's got like UFOs and we need to like kill Russia before they kill us. And then, you know, Fox News is going to be like, uh, China, China's got these weapons that are flying all over our, you know, airspace and we need to be tough on China and Biden's not tough on China. Well, right, they're so both. That, they're both. They're, I mean, they're both uh, pretty hawkish on both now. Like, I was watching. Sean, I, yeah, I think yeah, I no, saw I the story on the <laughs> podcast, but Sean Sean Hannity basically took Rachel Maddow's script and read it on air mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, after mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. the Trump uh, Putin summit. Like after they met, yeah. And, um, you know, they agreed to like, you know, have ambassadors go back to 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 right. their embassies. Like, oh wow. Right. Um, what what capitulation? It was it was it was stunning, <laughs> yeah. but I, I get the yeah. point. There, the liberal media seems to con- concentrates more on Russia, and on the Russia. conservative mm-hmm. media concentrates more on China. Right. Even, they both, um, even though they both kind of are, are drum up stable. This is this both. is the one that this is the one that it's clear that Marco Rubio was trying to like get at right the foreign adversary yeah. systems, and and honestly, I think it's totally fair. It like it, literally like put put politics aside for a moment. I think it's totally fair. Like to, to want to understand if this is from a from an enemy or, or from a foreign adversary. Um, Planet Photon. Right, so this is the last one. <laughs> so this is the last one, and this this is the bucket that Planet Photar falls in. Um, other. I, I'm actually going to read this one because this one's wild. Um, so it says, although most of the UAP described in our data set probably remain unidentified due to limited data or challenges collection to challenges to the collection process or analysis. We may require additional scientific knowledge to successfully uh, collect on, analyze, and characterize some of them. We would group such objects in this category pending scientific advances that allow us to better understand them. The UAPTF intends to focus on additional analysis on the small number of cases where a UAP appeared to display unusual flight characteristics or signature management. So, okay, this sounds like nothing, but it's actually a lot of something. First of all, Notice in all of the five categories, they didn't say anything about aliens, right? So they're lumping in 
aliens with everything we can't figure out, right? So this is them specifically not saying aliens. This is very carefully worded. But that last sentence, I think, gives it away. I'm going to read it again. The UAPTF intends to focus additional analysis on the small number of cases where a UAP appeared to display unusual flight characteristics or signature management. So this is where, um, you know, the focus goes to like, you know, the pilot thing. Like, man, I saw this thing in the right. air where I, you know, I, I don't know what it did, but it wasn't like it wasn't bound by our laws of physics as we know it. Right. 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 Totally. You know, and, and I think while, while there's no distinct mention of aliens and, and that UFOs are probably physical things. And yes, the only thing we've been able to strongly identify as a balloon, like I think this is worth getting worked up over because, you know, an important point that I still haven't even touched on yet is that the report itself talks about how big a threat these UFOs could be. So first of all, uh, they looked at 144 credible reports that fit their like extremely narrow standards. Uh, since 2004. So if you do the math on that, that's an average of eight and a half credible reports a year over the last 17 years. That's basically a new report every single month that they consider as like, okay, this is credible and we're going to look into it, right? The majority of them, and that's 80 of them, involved multiple sensors too. So there's a lot going on there. And in big, bold letters, the report states, UAP threatened slight, uh, excuse me, UAP threaten flight safety and possibly national security. So most of the UFOs that they describe in this have interrupted training missions uh, or military exercises or have been observed near our military assets that have like crazy advanced technology. And obviously there's a bit of a recording bias here because, you know, the UFOs are caught most frequently around uh, around military assets that are because those assets obviously have the capability to catch them. Right. So like, you know, uh, I'm not going to find one, right. Because I don't have a fucking radar targeting system, but a, you know, an F-16 does, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so there's a little bit of a recording bias there, but the fact that they're often caught around military assets is kind of scary. So uh, are they, I guess, a threat? Um, yeah, I, I, the report seems to say so entirely. So um, we can't exactly shoot them out of the sky uh, and we don't really know what to do with them. Uh, so the, let me read a, another quick quote for you. Uh, so a handful of UAP appeared to demonstrate advanced technologies. So in 18 incidents described in 21 reports, Observers uh, reported unusual UAP movement patterns or flight characteristics. Some UAP uh, appeared to remain stationary in winds aloft, move against the wind, maneuver abruptly, or move at considerable speed without discernible means of propulsion. And this is that Tic Tac story, that, that you know, pilot story uh, that we're getting into. So have, you, have you had a chance to like, read up into this much? Uh, before I, I read uh, it, show. but um, let me hear your. I just kind of know, like, oh yeah, I I saw some crazy shit out there flying around, and I wasn't able to explain it. So maybe you can go deeper yeah. into it. I won't. I won't spend too much time on this particular bit because I know that um, yeah, like there are a million 
you know, videos, podcasts, you know, articles about this particular thing. But just for the context, uh, some of the, the facts. So this was on November 10th, uh, 2004. There was a radar operator. The dude's name was um, Kevin Day. And uh, he started seeing these slow moving objects flying in groups. So five to 10 um, off of uh, San Clemente Island, west of uh, San Diego. And there are like major, major like naval assets out there, by the way. Um, so he spotted them at like an elevation of 28,000 feet and they were moving at like 138 miles an hour. So they were too high to be birds and too slow to be like a conventional aircraft. And they were not flying on like a, like a flight path. And later, uh, another crew member who also had a shit ton of experience, I think he had like 17 years of experience uh, doing radar for like cruisers. Um, he also observed it. Uh, but he observed them having ballistic missile characteristics. So uh, they went from 60,000 feet to 50 feet above the ocean without producing any kind of sonic boom or anything like that. They were moving fucking fast, you know? Um, and then uh, basically they they thought it was a glitch. Like a, pretty much anyway, everybody... Wait, let's go back. So they're yeah. going 60,000 feet. Um, they're moving fast, but they're not like landing. They're not making any... a sonic boom. They're, nope, they're not they're making just like, a sonic boom. Right, so they'll they're drop not, from 60,000 feet to 50 feet in like half a second or something like that, which is ungodly fast, right? And it's just, just and explain they don't, what a sonic boom They don't make any sound. Just, yeah, okay, just so explain what a sonic boom is, just to put that in like greater context. Yeah, totally. So there is a speed limit of sound, right? I don't know exactly what, what, the, what the speed is. I'll Google it later. Um, if you exceed the speed of sound what happens is that the air um, explodes. <laughs> that's like, that's the easiest way that I can, that I can like describe it. Once you passed faster than how, how fast sound can go, it basically creates a, an explosion of the air, which is, you know, makes a really loud sound. And that is the sonic boom. If you can drop from 60,000 feet to 50 feet in less than a second, you're definitely exceeding the speed of sound by a lot. Like that's a that's a very far distance to go in a very short period of time, and you would definitely be traveling at a rate of speed that's much much faster. It's the reason why we don't have Concorde airplanes anymore because you know those were uh, supersonic planes, and they created a lot of noise, and people complained about it. Which they're coming back, by the way, which is kind of cool. Anyway, back to the story. So the Tic Tac story. So they they were looking at. Um, all of this data and the radar operators, they basically thought, all right, we must be having like a malfunction on the radar system. So they spent the two weeks trying to figure out what it was, including like shut, like turning off the radar system and turning it back on again, like to recalibrate it, uh, just to make sure it wasn't false positives. But eventually one day this uh, 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 commanding officer, like this, this, you know, fucking jet fighter guy, his name is David Fravor. Uh, he was out flying uh, on a like training exercise, and he encountered what looked like a tic tac, right? So he describes it as like a, you know, maybe like a forty foot long white oblong shaped thing, right? Uh, that was just kind of hovering there, and he was out with his, you know, uh, wingman, and he was like, all right, I'm gonna go in and take a look at it. So he starts diving, and the wingman stays above to get a, you know, a, a farther view of it, and the thing just kind of like mirrors what he's doing in a circular pattern and then fucking disappears right and they're like holy shit this was crazy so when they go back you know uh they're like yo if you're gonna go fly out there just like be out on the lookout 
So this other pilot, an hour later, his name is Chad Underwood. He's the guy that actually made the recording that everybody's seen. You know that, that like video where he gets all excited about the fact that he like caught the UFO on his targeting camera, right? Uh, and he's like freaking out. And, you know, rightfully so, because like the, the thing that his commanding officer was saying, um, you know, sounded like bullshit. And then he goes out there like and finds it, which was pretty nice. Um, and he, he actually found it on his infrared uh, uh, targeting system. And so what the footage shows uh, is exactly what, what the commanding officer Fravor had, had talked about. It was like a, a tic-tac thing. Um, and it was n hovering. Uh, and it was not exhibit, like it was not showing any kind of exhaust or any signs of propulsion uh, or any kind of like it didn't have a cockpit. It didn't have like fuselages. It didn't have any like flight things, like things that we would typically associate with flight. It didn't have any of it. And then suddenly it just makes this like hard left turn uh, and like accelerates to like a bajillion miles an hour out of the, out of the picture immediately, like super fast. And that was nuts. So um, that's the Tic Tac story. Uh, you know, I want to understand the physics behind this because I think the report that just dropped really didn't go into a lot of detail about the physics behind some of these anomalous um, uh, characteristics of these UFOs. And I think that this is by and large the most important uh, revelation, if you will, uh, associated with this report. So I actually went and found a uh, academic study about the physics of this stuff. Um, I'm not a physicist, so, you know, please, you know, excuse me for <laughs> not understanding everything, but uh, I, I pulled some really interesting stuff uh, for us to talk about. Um, and this will help us uh, kind of set the stage for a, a broader conversation about what the implications of this report is. So the the um, study is uh, was posted to MDPI, which is like a, an academic journal uh, website, uh, and they've been around for a while. Uh, and the, the study is called Estimating Flight Characteristics of Anomalous Unidentified Aerial Vehicles. Uh, it's by a guy, Kevin Newth, uh, and he's in the Department of Physics at the University of Albany. Uh, and also these guys, Robert Powell and uh, Peter Reale, uh, who are in the Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies. It's extremely dense and has a lot of math and random shit that I totally didn't understand, but I just got to the good bits. Um, so let me start by reading a, a quick quote from the beginning uh, from the executive summary uh, that I think helps um, kind of set the stage here. Uh, so it says, these unidentified craft typically exhibit anomalous flight characteristics, such as traveling at extremely high speeds, changing direction, or accelerating at extremely high rates and hovering motionless for long periods of time. Furthermore, these craft appear to violate the laws of physics in that they do not have flight or control surfaces, any visible means of propulsion, apparently violating Newton's third law, and can operate in multiple media, such as space, so low Earth orbit, air, and water, without apparent hindrance, sonic booms, or heat dumps. So these very smart people, they did the math, they crunched the numbers, and they're like, hey, there's some weird shit going on here. So we've got these things that are flying around and that could apparently do stuff that seems to be impossible, uh, making them effectively untouchable for us. 
and they seem to frequently hang out around our military assets. And the fact that they're just hanging out near our military assets is one thing, but you know sometimes they pose a direct threat to us. So this is from the report uh, that was dropped. There was 11 reports of documented instances in which pilots reported near misses with UFOs, meaning they almost crashed with these UFOs. So even if it isn't hostile, it could be sometimes dangerous when we're just flying around. Um, and all of this is to say that the, the threat is amplified when you consider the fact that the report admits that we have no idea what the hell these things are. We, ha we have no idea. So if, if you, you know, if, if you're like Henry, as an example, and you don't want to buy into the alien bits, you don't have to for this to be important. This could easily just be a super advanced Chinese spy weapon or something like that. Like, I can't figure out which is worse yet, aliens or like Xi Jinping. But honestly, it doesn't matter because the fact that, that we're basically powerless against these things is kind of concerning. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances – I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So, and I, and I guess, yeah, like the, the standard threat of just like crashing into it for... It just that's dangerous in itself. But what do you think the possibility it is? It's just like some of our own stuff that we're just not disclosing to the public. Like, don't, don't yeah, you I think mean, it's that, more likely that we're that the that the United States is going to have some advanced technology up in the air that is like um, super secret um, rather than Russia or China? You know that that's equally possible, uh, and and it could be the case. And, and like but a lot if, of this is just just shit. Like okay, like we kind of need to keep this stuff secret so 
we'll give the pleb some information to send him down the long wrong track or like a, like a yeah, psy- I mean, look, psyops campaign. That 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 is entirely possible. Uh, I will point to the fact that I read before uh, a little earlier that um, the report says that they were not able to confirm if it's something of ours. That doesn't mean that it's not, but it is relevant to this particular story, right? So we don't know if it is or it isn't. It could be. But if we're talking about specifically just this Tic Tac story report, I think the implications of it being one of our things are equally crazy right and and i'm just gonna skip ahead a little bit because i think what if it's elon musk you know it's pretty cool I should shut what, what if it's elon musk so i, I mean uh b- b- before i jump into some of these theories and conspiracies and and talk specifically about whether or not it, it could be one of ours you know like some some of our own technology you know i i, I want to point out that 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 this report is asking for more investment and looking for more study on the on the question of UFOs. And I kind of support it um, for a number of reasons. I think it's also kind of uh, potentially a, <laughs> like this is all intentional, right? The way that they've leaked all this information and the way that they set this up could very easily just be an excuse to spend more money on the military, right? It's all totally possible. Um, but, you know, given what we know, I think it's a little nuts. Now, remember that study I was just talking about where, you know, and, and by the way, I, I want to make this absolutely clear. We have left the realm of stating the facts as we know them, and we're now entering into the part of the show where I'm going to start talking about some theories and conspiracies and shit like that. So, you know, <laughs> uh, full disclosure, uh, what I say from now on could be totally bullshit. Um, but remember how I talked about um, this MB- ND- ND- uh, MDPI study? Uh, where they talk about the physics and stuff like that. Well, there's a whole bunch more interesting things that I pulled out of it. The math stuff is all a nightmare, but I was able to find a bunch of really great gems that I think can help us, you know, talk about this. So here's one point. Uh, they're they're talking in this one pit about how they these objects are accelerating at a crazy high uh, rate of speed. Take a listen to this. So uh, the power required to accelerate the UAV as a function of time, assuming the UAV is propelled in a conventional way, uh, the required power peaks at a shocking 1,100 gigawatts, which exceeds the total nuclear production of the United States by more than a factor of 10. Let me stop. The power involved to move at the rate of speeds that they've been able to observe is 10 times more power than the entire nuclear power production of the United States. So Reading I on. heard I, I heard some science nerd talking about this, and I might be getting this confused. So um, he was talking about, like, these things could possibly travel from Earth to Alpha Centaurium. Alpha Centaurium is like our closest is, right. is like the closest planet that we know that may have livable Correct. conditions like Earth. Mm-hmm. It, it can mm-hmm. travel there in forty four days, like with this. Yep, yep, yep. Which so is like, kind of stunning. Took, that, no, it's it's incredibly stunning because that happens to be like light years away, right? Meaning it takes light several years to travel that fast. And if you take into effect, like if you did the math on it, 
if it ex- if it accelerated at that rate constantly in space, it would make it to Alpha Centauri in 44 days. And here here's a good analogy. Uh, cars, right? So a Toyota, you know, Prius as an example, isn't a very you know powerful car, meaning it doesn't require a ton of like gasoline to power it, and you know the type of engine is super small, and and the energy that that engine outputs is low as compared to say I don't know a Ferrari, right? So in the Prius example there's a small amount of energy that we need to get the car to move as fast as it can go, which isn't very fast. And in the Ferrari example, we need more energy for that car, a bigger engine, more gasoline, etc., higher octane fuel for that car to travel much faster than the Prius. So now scale this up on, on like an order of magnitude more. The science, the math behind the amount of energy that it would take for this thing to move as fast as it does or as fast as it appears to go, is more than 10 times all of the nuclear power that the United States produces. That is an unfathomable amount of energy. For, for some context, I'm going to give you another part of the quote there. For comparison, the largest nuclear power plant in the United States, the Palo Verde Nuclear Generating Station in Arizona, provides about 3.3 gigawatts of power for about 4 million people. So we're talking about 1,100 gigawatts versus 3.3 gigawatts for one station. Scale that up, right? We're talking about, you know, hundreds times more people that we could power with this kind of energy. And that device was able to, whatever it is, was able to generate enough energy to make it go that fast in an instant. So either, this is the scandal here, either that thing generated more power than the entirety of the U.S. nuclear production immediately, or this thing has a propulsion system that allows it to bypass physics. Like, (laughs) physics, don't need it, right? Either explanation is crazy. Well, so... At, if, if let's just say if we invented a device with our own, you know, within our own realm of the realm of the law of physics that traveled at the speed of light. Now, isn't mm-hmm. Alpha Centaurium? Isn't it like what? How, how many light? Do you have an idea how many light years away it is? It's a lot, like thousands of light years away, right? No, it's not that far. Okay. It's 4.367 light years away. Okay. Meaning four point- if you traveled at the speed of light, it would take you four years to get there. Okay. So and the speed of light is incredibly fast. <laughs> like way, 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 way faster than anything we've ever been able to achieve. Well, I think I heard something where if we travel to Alpha Centaurium, um, you know, with our current technology right now, it would take like, what, thousands of years to get there? Yeah, so the fastest speed in space, and I'm just Googling this right now, uh, I believe was um, our, uh, uh, like our moon missions. And the, the, the vehicle reached, okay, I'm gonna Google, I Googled it. So the Alpha uh, Apollo 10, uh, that was in 69, uh, the cruise vehicle reached a speed of 24,791 miles per hour. So 24,791. And the speed of light is in 
in miles per hour. That's meters per second. In miles per hour, the speed of light is a number that you can't even display. It's one. Uh, it, it's it's ten times six point seven. 10 to the 6.7 miles per hour, <laughs> ungodly fast, right? It's actually easier to, to figure out in, in, you know, a meters per second. So meters per second is also a number that's ridiculously fast. Because like with our current technology, we would require colony ships to make it there. Right. We'd have to like basically sleep in hibernation or, you know, something like that, because we've only ever been able to achieve a minimal fraction of the speed of light, right? So if the speed of light is one, we probably hit like maximum 2% the speed of light, 3% the speed of light. That's how fast we're able to go. So if it takes us four, if it takes light four years to get to, you know, um, to Alpha Centauri, it would take us. Oh, I'm really bad at math on the fly here. A lot longer. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. A lot fucking longer. It would take us a hundred times for like four hundred times longer, basically. It's like I. You ever hear of the concept of a colony ship? I think it's a pretty interesting concept. Um, where basically in Wally, right? <laughs> That's like the mm -hmm. reference I can have. You right. know, Wally ship right, where right, right. humans Wally. turn into like mm -hmm. fat whale creatures and all they do is right. live on the internet until they reach their mm -hmm. planetary destination. But I guess the concept is is that it'd be generations and generations of people of people that would be um, you know, living there and it would be like over a thousand years or so and then they would eventually, you know, the final generation would be the uh the generation that would repopulate whatever planet they land on. But right. um, I would assume that, you know, there would be some type, some type of war in that ship where everyone would be massacred before it releases, before it gets there. Yeah. I mean, if they were awake, right. So another option is, is they're just like asleep or that we just send embryos and robots, right? So maybe we send some embryos that are chilling on ice for, you know, a long time. And then the robots will incubate those babies and then they'll, you know, raise the babies and then eventually get there. There's actually an interesting HBO Max um, show that's called something about wolves, raised by wolves or some shit like that. That's pretty much exactly that concept. Um, interesting show. You should watch it if you have HBO Max. Okay, but but I want to get back to this thing, though, because I feel like I'm. this is getting lost on you. There are immense geopolitical uh, uh, implications of the idea that this thing can potentially either create a ridiculous amount of energy or ignore physics, right? And so I want to focus on the energy part for a second here. Let's, you ask, what if this is one of our stuff? What if, the, what if, what if this is our technology? Well, so my question is how long have we had it? Because if we've had it even for any substantial amount of time, I'm talking about five, 10 years or anything like, anything longer than that especially, what you're what we're saying effectively is we've had the capability to produce an immense amount of energy more than 10 times the output of all of our nuclear power for how long we've been fighting wars all over the middle east related to you know at least in part to oil and we've been destroying our planet you know with fossil fuels and, and, and carbon emissions when 
And and we've been fucking around trying to make solar panels and, and windmills and shit to try and plug the gaps. For how long now? When we've just been sitting on this technology that could have just immediately fixed all of that problem, all of those problems. Think about all the people who have died. Think about the nations that we've literally destroyed over energy. Well, think about think about all the other places in the world that you can empower with this energy, right? You know, exactly. Like, literally, you can empower like pretty much the entire third world with with the done with a unlimited supply of energy For, like this forget the third world the entire world could be yeah, the entire uh, empowered world. Like this you, way. Could, you could potentially bring up a lot we could of, lift people out of poverty immediately yeah, we could lift countries you out know? of poverty with this so so like you know it's almost easier to say it's aliens because like if it is ours the implications are fucking crazy and like if it's ours there's also big big money interests. I mean, what bigger money interests than energy and, you know, by an extension, the war industry that would prevent any tech, any dis crazy disruptive technology like this from coming out, right? If I'm fucking Exxon, I don't want this to come out because then I'm going to lose my entire business model. Every car and boat and airplane manufacturer, every manufacturer of any kind of transportation vehicle you can that's all obsolete if this is real every industry like it disrupts so many industries we're talking about tens of trillions of dollars of economic activity that would literally be useless if we actually have this technology How about military, right? So if we have this technology, we can literally wipe China and Russia off the face of the planet because we'd be able to get there in an instant, drop any nuclear weapons that we want, and immediately you know, disappear without them ever even touching us. Like S-400 anti-air system, not even going to come close, right? Like won't be able to touch us. There are major, major implications. And the fact that this report says they are credible reports, they are probably physical objects, most likely physical objects. We have no idea what they are, and they seem to be exhibiting characteristics that defy physics. So isn't this what that, this is what that guy, I, I, did you mention him? Uh, was Louis um, or Lou? Lou Elizondo. Mm -hmm. Lou Elizondo. Yeah, he's the guy on like right. the New York. Who's who's um, he's everywhere on now. like all yeah. the, the spokesmen for this stuff, right? So Lou Elizondo. I was going to talk about him, but uh, I the report dropped and I stopped doing uh, notes on him. But I can give you a basic, you know, overview of him. So Lou Elizondo was uh, evidently the. Uh, the Pentagon seems to dis, uh, dislike this man, but go figure. Um, Lou Elizondo, he was allegedly the director of ATIP, so the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, the one that Harry Reid created. Uh, and Harry Reid created it in like 2008, and then he took over the program in 2010. Uh, and from 2010 to like 2017, he was the guy 
that was responsible for collecting all of the data and all of these reports and like basically putting it all together. And, you know, so we're talking about this, re this report that just dropped recently says they started in 2004 and they ended, you know, in 2021. So this guy was responsible for the collection of the data for the majority of this report, <laughs> you know, and uh, he was a, you know, former, uh, he was in the military, obviously, uh, he was like a counterintelligence guy, right? And he was working with like, you know, getting intelligence on like, terrorists and shit like that, you know, like he, he, he would do interrogations and like all that kind of crazy stuff. So he had like a very specific set of skills, <laughs> you know, like, uh, like the guy from Taken, like uh, Liam Neeson, um, kind of badass type of figure. But apparently the Pentagon says that he had nothing to do with ATIP, even though plenty of people, including Harry Reid, who signed a, a document said, no, yeah, he was a part of it. And, you know, he was the head of it. And that was my program. So I should know, you know, um, so this guy has been doing this for a long, a long time. And then he decided to, to leave the program because he felt that the way that the United States government was handling this and keeping the secrets was, was bad for the uh, American public and was generally bad for human beings. Super fascinating guy. Uh, he's been doing a million, um, interviews like i don't if you literally google this this particular issue at any point you're going to come across lewis lewis elizondo or lou elizondo uh he also ended up create um linking up with tom DeLong from blink 182 you know this guy who's like apparently also like a huge uh ufo guy he created like a like a school basically for ufo studies uh and he's linked up with these people and he's linked up with hundreds of different you know former military, active military, Congress people, you name it. Like this guy's very, Lou Elizondo is very, very well connected and he has all the data and all he really wants to do is help promote disclosure of this information. Well, here's the thing. Here, here's my opinion on this, on uh, Lou Elizondo. Because he, I listened to the interview he did with the New York Post um, and I listened yeah. to some short ones on like CNN he did. I mm -hmm. feel, and here's my gut feeling, so I can't really um, back this up with. Any right, we're type we're of we're in conspiracy theory land. Yeah, so we're it's fine. Right, we're, can, we're totally like. in the realm of uh, gut feeling, conspiracy theory, speculation. Right. So, um, but my gut feeling tells me that this guy still works for the Pentagon. That this guy still is involved mm -hmm. in U.S. intelligence, and he wouldn't be allowed on these shows. He wouldn't be allowed to do interviews on CNN or the New York Post or Washington Post. Mm -hmm. um, or wherever these mainstream outlets, if he and wasn't. say what he's saying, mm -hmm. yeah, and say what he's saying. I don't think he's actually like a whistleblower. I think he's just he's a disinformation artist. I think he's a charlatan. That's the vibe I got from him on his interviews. Just by it, I just got a, a very charlatan type vibe from him. Listen, here's what I think, uh, and I kind of agree with you in certain respects. I think he definitely might be a uh, not. I don't want to characterize him as a misinformation. Um, uh, 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 asset, but more of a controlled information asset, right? I definitely think that there's a lot of truth behind what's going on right now, specifically yeah, because I think you're right. able to. I think it's control. I think he's putting out the information that he's putting out the narrative as the U.S. government feels is the appropriate way to put out the information. 
Yeah, exactly. But but he's making it seem like, oh, this guy's a brave whistleblower and he's coming in conflict. Right. And I'm struggling against the Pentagon and they don't like us and blah, blah, blah. Elizondo versus the Pentagon. Maybe some people, Mm -hmm. I'm sure people at the Pentagon don't like him. There's probably a lot of reasons. And, you know, the Pentagon's not uniform. You always have to remember that these organizations aren't uniform in, like, their thinking. So Mm -hmm. there's always going to be some opposition internally. So I'm sure there's some conflict in there. But it just sounds like he's putting out the narrative that the government wants to be. They're putting out that narrative that the government wants. Because you see, when when there's actual whistleblowers, real whistleblowers that are uncovering government crimes. They fucking flee. They end up like... Um, pretty much exiled from the country, like Edward Snowden. Right, they flee. They have to, yeah. Or they're put in jail, like Julian Assange. All right, this is the third time that we were just cut off due to internet problems. So um, I think we're going to start wrapping this episode up because obviously the government doesn't want us to uh, release this episode. We're getting too close to the truth, man. They don't want us to, to spoil it at all. It's funny because right when we were calling him, um, what's his name, a charlatan, Elizondo, uh, yeah, Elizondo, a charlatan, exposing or, him know, for to, for being a hack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, our our internet starts to shut down. So, what the fuck? <laughs> but all right, here's where where I'll I think how we should end this. So, do you believe in aliens? Like, do you like what? What do you? Like, what are your your thoughts? Like, probability? Like, you know, do you think that oh. there's alien visitors or? Well, first and foremost, I should ask, like, do you believe that there's intelligent life outside of Earth? For that question, undoubtedly. You think the universe so, is way too big for the universe is way too big for it to just be us. Okay. Just statistically, it feels feels impossible. So I agree with that. I, I, I do tend to agree with that. The universe is just so big. There has to they're just like by probability, there has to be a planet that has the same conditions that we have and there has to be some life form out there oh i i'd even argue that it doesn't even have to have the same conditions i i just think that the universe is so ridiculously large that that um sentient you know sentient consciousness you know uh can exist in either a form that we understand like our life or in a form that we don't yet understand like i don't know transdimensional or like fucking something else who knows uh but the point is that it's just way too big for it to just be us and that's that's my personal opinion so i kind of believe that i i believe that too but i i do uh i think this argument does hold water that the conditions on earth are just so perfect that um the conditions for life uh are uniquely um it's uniquely um unlikely that it could happen at another planet like the odds that life happens at another planet is so mm-hmm. unlikely mm-hmm. um you know what i'm saying right now i'm probably not describing it the, well, in the most life as way. we know it life yeah. like our life maybe you know yeah but like again i want to make the point that it, you know they could be fucking we're carbon-based life forms what if they're hydrogen-based life forms or what if they're like helium-based life forms we don't know we really just do not know. And I think, you know, as it relates to these UFOs, you know, is it aliens? Maybe, you know, at least the, the physics behind it seem to suggest that anything that's alive that, you know, is couldn't possibly be trapped. I don't know. As, as we know it, any living thing couldn't possibly be in one of these vehicles because literally if you 
accelerated at the rates that these things are going, you know, physics determines that your brain would turn into fucking soup. <laughs> like the G forces are so incredibly immense. Uh, and that's the one part of the, of the MB, uh, NDPI, uh, uh, article that I didn't get a chance to, to read. Um, but I, I, I do want to say a few closing things about this. I think it is all options are on the table. It could be aliens. It could be a foreign adversary. It could be, uh, our own technology. It doesn't matter what the answer to that is. Uh, what matters is that we've acknowledged this is a historic precedent that we've acknowledged that it's real or at least that we've that that the collection of this data is real uh, and the physics implications have giant repercussions for potentially for geopolitics for energy for you know uh, for for society and culture as we know it uh, and uh, if it is one of our technologies and we've had it for any amount of time and Lou Elizondo is just like a, a hack for the Pentagon and he's just controlling the narrative in the way that the government thinks is possible. You know, I think if, if we're doing the slow little drip drip, you know, slow disclosure, uh, I think that's a feasible uh, argument to make. And, you know, it, it makes sense because, you know, it, it would be a crime to withhold this technology from, from, human, from humanity. It, it literally would be a crime. And so, you know, I I want to I want to make this full circle, Henry. Uh, you know, we started the the episode talking about Britney, right? And I think that the truth about what we're seeing is very much like Britney, and it's being held in a conservatorship, and it's not allowed to come out. Uh, and people, specifically, you know, the war industry and the Pentagon, but also ancillary things like energy industries and the you know auto manufacturers, you name it. Are all all have vested interests in making sure that this doesn't come out, right? That that it stays in a conservatorship of the government, if you will, right? And you know, much like Britney, we got a hashtag free Britney, hashtag free the aliens. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because this is what's going on. I don't know. I'm still skeptical, Danny. I'm going to be completely honest. I think that. After all that, I don't know. You're still I feel skeptical? like there's going to be ways to explain all this stuff that just like, oh yeah, you know, swamp gas balloons, swamp gas balloons. I I I think there's more. I'm going to wait to see here what Neil deGrasse Tyson says. All right, I think he's my authority on science. He really is. Neil well, deGrasse Tyson is like, what does well, he say I actually about watched this? him on Joe. I watched him on Joe Rogan, and he said, "Well, the first thing we should assume is that it's aliens because." You know, first of all, if we're talking about a scientific, you know, scrutiny, you know, if you go to any scientific like convention or conference or you read any scientific paper, like the level of scrutiny that they have about mundane shit, like, you know, if we saw something on a radar, the first thing they're going to say isn't, what is it? The first thing they're going to say is, well, how old is the radar? When was the last time you serviced it? Has it been calibrated? You know, and they're going to pick apart, nitpick every little fucking detail about the data to where you're not even going to come close to an explanation you know let alone aliens right yeah. so and neil degrasse tyson is a scientist and so i and i totally agree with that i totally think we should pick it apart um but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't say that we should just throw it out right there are so many documented uh pieces of evidence for this and the fact that you know we're just talking about 2004 to 2021 there is 
decades of observations, you know, from the Roswell incident through uh, a program called Kelly Blue Book. Excuse me. <laughs> I knew I was going to do that. It's not Kelly Blue Book. It's just Project Blue Book. Fucking hate it every time I say that. Kelly Blue Book is for cars. <laughs> uh, Project Blue Book, which ran for, you know, a, a couple decades, which also uh, uh, had been taking in reports albeit they didn't have the same kind of sophisticated sensors and, and uh, um, data collection that we do now, uh, to Project ATIP, uh, the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program that Lou Elizondo had um, uh, had headed up before they, they closed that program down that wasn't you know officially acknowledged until very recently, to very recently right now when we're literally setting up a uh, UAPTF, like there are too, there's too much data, there's too much evidence for this to be nothing. It's interesting. Too much. Interesting indeed. Um, and then full circle, I got, I guess it kind of, it's kind of in the spirit of like the ancient alien argument. It's like, <laughs> well, all these ancient civilizations couldn't have, uh, you know, built, you know, the Egyptians couldn't built the pyramids and, and all this stuff mm -hmm. and all these super, you know, old ancient civilizations couldn't have achieved the technological, achieve, uh, you know, they couldn't have made the technological achievements they made, um, you know, because, mm -hmm. you know, they're th 3000 year old or 4000 year old culture in some cases. Right. Um, right. So it had to be some assistance with aliens. So I feel like had it's kind of like the same right? argument now. It's like, you know, these, mm -hmm these uh this this technology that we can't explain that you know may be able to power the universe or power the world at least uh right you know can only be explained by uh some by aliens yeah by aliens by technology and, that we and, can't and that's see that's yet. a because otherwise that's a that's a fair thing yeah otherwise, otherwise it's a crime yeah otherwise then uh, you know what is this technology i don't well i guess no we'll dude see, otherwise well, it's a we'll see, uh, otherwise it's a crime Seriously, otherwise it's a crime because if it isn't alien technology like holding that we just like reverse engineered, then then it's a fucking crime. We've literally so many people have died, so many people are in poverty, so much our planet is literally dying, and we have had and and you're telling me that we potentially have the solution to this, and we're just not gonna we're just not gonna talk about it. We're not gonna use it. It's just it's like a crime. How, would, how it's either aliens or it's have, a crime. <laughs> you know how would we have created this technology you know what i mean that's that's my thing i think there's like an explanation to how you know what this is and it's not necessarily some like super crazy um power source that we've identified or are able to use that we're just not sharing with the rest of the world for you know well, if it's not for if it's not energy then it's like a, that. if it's not an energy source then it's something that ignores physics which in and of itself is is a technology that can that that can be utilized to better humanity which again the implications of this could be a crime right if you're telling me that we've been shipping fucking you know all of our stuff around the world in cars planes and buses and ships and shit like that and we've been polluting the earth with fossil fuels when we could have just had this shit moving all of our things around and moving all of our people around it's a crime it's a fucking crime part of me part of me thinks it's more likely that it's alien technology than if it than us being able to pull off holding that a secret yeah. that's the thing like, it's, I, it's like easy, part of me it's think, certainly easier to think that yeah like it's certainly easier to think that it's just hard to me to imagine that we're we are able, we have this power source and we're not and, and we're we're that good the government is that competent in keeping that a secret right it's hard. It's hard for right. me to fathom that. Hard, hard um, to believe. 
But I mean, you know, our government keeps many secrets. Um, so who knows? It's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's uh, certainly interesting. Should we wrap this up? Wow, sirens! Yep. I don't know if you can hear that. Oh, that's that's an that's a that's, that's a, a something thrill. that we haven't heard in like fifty episodes or more. <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, my new recording area. Um, you know, we solved the siren problem, meaning I moved away from not living next to a hospital. That was the solution. But um, let's end this thing. Um, so, or anything else that you want to add before we end this? No, that, that, I, I've said my piece. Down again. What's yeah, that? let us know if you actually liked. Well, I've said my piece, and and for, you know, for the listeners out there, let us know if you like content like this because I've been dying to do some alien stuff anyway. So, if if this was interesting to you, I have so much more to talk about about you know uh, the history of aliens and all these other interesting programs. So, let us know if you if you'd like to hear more about it. Yeah, if you like this, let us know. Um, make sure that you rate and review the podcast. That is the number one way to help the show grow. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes if you're listening, and share this with a friend. Share this with, um, uh, you know, post it on your social media and stuff like that. Get the word out. Um, if you also, you can also support us on Patreon for just a dollar a month, and we have exclusive content on there, early content. You get access to our Slack. Our Slack is pretty cool because you get to communicate with all of our Patreons and us, and we just have, you know, we post news stories and talk, and it's fun. I really like the Slack community we built. It's an awesome community. We have some awesome people there, and I really enjoy talking to everyone on Slack. Um, now, um, just want to give you guys a heads up. I think we're taking the next week off. Um, fourth, that's the week of 4th of July, so that would be, um, you know, Sunday the 4th. So we're not going to release an episode on July 4th. Um we're both, I think Danny and I both have a lot of travel this July. So yep. we're trying to figure out like how and when to record episodes because I know Dan- Danny, you're going to Puerto Rico for a couple of weeks, right? I'm going to be in Puerto Rico for two weeks. Uh, I should have the internet and stuff like that, but we'll, we'll see, you know, how, how all that works out. Yeah. And I'm traveling, I'm going to be traveling pretty much for the next two weeks as well. So we're going to try mm-hmm. to figure out a recording schedule. Um, so episode, I just want to give a fair warning. It might be a little different this upcoming month, but uh, we're going to try our best to get some content out there uh, for the month of July. So just um, stay tuned. But next week we're, um, you know, we're, we're, we're taking, you know, um, we're not going to be releasing an episode. Um, but, um, yeah, take some time if you're new to the show to listen to some of our, some of our older content. We have a lot of great episodes. Um, and then we will, uh, uh, yeah. Anything else to add right there? Nope. We'll catch you later. All right. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode. Enjoy the rest of your week and, um, we will see you soon or you'll hear from us soon. Peace. Peace. feels really good to be productive, but a lot of the time it's easier said than done, especially when you need to make time to learn about productivity so you can actually, you know, be productive. But you can start your morning off right and be ready to get stuff done in just a few minutes with the Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day podcast. New episodes drop every weekday, so listen and subscribe to Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day wherever you get your podcasts. That's Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day wherever you get your podcasts.